welcome in to the Take it up. Thank you for hanging. And you just had an hour with the specifically uh you're missing you're missing it um crazy austin i goofed i did i mistagged you on, on twitter my bad oh it's all good my bad uh <laughs> i forgot the hyphen thing you your underscore yeah you underscore and uh that wasn't there four two four six four five six eight five sorry to have a text line uh, if you want to be a part of what we're doing, the streams are up. Of course, that's how you're following us. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter Live, or you could jump on uh, Allo951 and catch what we're doing and hang out with us. Interesting week in uh, the sports that we generally cover on the breeze and generally in this space. Uh, we'll talk hoops. We'll talk in NFL. We'll talk Major League Baseball, whatever the, 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 the happening sports story is. But then when uh, there's fighting going on, we like to talk about that. UFC had a big night last night. Uh, uh, WWE had a big week. Uh, maybe the WWE may be having its best month-long stretch that they've had in decades. That's a statement. Decades. Um Maybe the best storytelling uh, and story writing that they've had uh, in 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 a long time. Maybe since Triple H and Ooh. Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, but that's. I mean, they, they're in they're in that space. They're still trying to figure out what to do with some of their some of their people. Um, and I'm curious because I look at it. I don't know. Like I talk to wrestlers, like I actually talk to them. So you hear some of what goes on. Um, but I, I'm always interested and curious about how fans who are distant from it, um, think about things and how they process things. So I'll ask you on a scale of one to 10, Austin, if you, if I said pro wrestling, where are you on the scale from zero to I don't care. I've never watched it. I I don't know who any of the people are. To ten in that you're you 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 don't miss it and you're aware of the stories. As a matter of fact, you're like like Haas and DP and, and Harrison and that we 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 look at it as a soap opera and we want to write the story ourselves. I, I'm no Bach. Uh, I'll say I'll say that okay. as well. Um okay. I am probably a five in name recognition i I can name some i can tell you generally some of the eras i am a negative 0.5 in terms of actual knowledge of what's gone on and i love that you described it as as a soap opera because that might be a way to get me into it because you know soap operas have the rap uh you know their reputation but a sports soap opera sounds like something i could get into it's so the convenience for me like i went into it as a kid, so I'm you know born and born and raised in just outside of DC in Virginia. Uh, Virginia's unique in that it is Northern Virginia is unique in that it is tied to the DMV, you know, District Maryland, Virginia. Uh, that core south of Baltimore, north of Woodbridge, okay. north of Richmond, okay. north of Richmond, um, and 
like we look at Baltimore funny. We look at Richmond funny. We look, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we, 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 we we laugh hysterically when West Virginia looks over the wall to see how civilizations work. I was going to say <laughs> West Virginia doesn't know the second thing about civilization. Right. Like it's, it's like to pay attention to it. Um, and then back in, in the, in the sixties and seventies, there was just on television in DC, you got WWWF at the time. So Bruno Sammartino was the guy. Um, you got it every weekend. As a matter of fact, it was like, I mean, again, you had four channels. Like, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> like, what am I? <laughs> Your options are one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay. So you're telling me, you're telling me to watch wrestling. Um, <laughs> and then when I, when I, when I got to, when we got cable, we got cable. I was in high school, I want to say. Uh, so 75 ish, 77 cable was and and changed my life. Game changer, it is changed my life because I had been married to the Redskins, uh, the 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 Bullets at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, and even the early phase of the Bullets that 60s era, they were in Baltimore, they weren't even in DC. I was gonna say, how did Baltimore take losing the Bullets to DC? Oh, they hate hated it so much and we were like oh give it to the big boys and let us <laughs> let us handle this you you small towners you like to think you're big city and as soon as we said that uh the senators were taken and moved to texas so it was like oh never Whoops. mind never mind never mind so then we had to to as baseball fans you had to either have your fandom follow the senators to texas and become a rangers fan feels like that would have been weird oh ooh. like you gave it to our to the worst city you could have given a washington team to dallas dallas like, yeah oh yeah. oh knife in the back like you ah, boo <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> like i oh so much but like the toby harris and the, uh, like those were our folks and uh they weren't good thank goodness um <laughs> but the orioles were good in, good, the, in good. the 60s mm-hmm. 70s they were really good so we would make the you know the 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 drive the the hour and half hour and 40 minute drive uh to baltimore to see boo powell brooks robinson jim palmer mike Quayar, and the guy with the second longest hit streak uh, in baseball history but in the national league for baltimore right, right yeah we will we will keeler who was gone by then but like davy johnson was like i know that baltimore roster like the back of my hand uh Tom Buford, Paul Blair, like it was just, you know, and then and then they transitioned to the 70s because they went and got Frank Robinson to put with Blair and Buford. Blair was uh, the 70s version of Andrew Jones, the most elite defender in center field. Just he looked like a deer out there in center field. He never worked hard, but he ran down everything. It was spectacular. Um, all the way through, even through when Camden Yards, so from Memorial Stadium, um, and back then you could go see the Colts and the Colts were better than the Redskins. They were better. Like you, I mean, Johnny Unitas and Art Donovan and his storytelling. And, you know, you could go through that and Lydell Mitchell and, you know, like they went to Super Bowls and the Colts went to Super Bowls and it was like, Oh, the Redskins aren't going to Super Bowls. They're going to Super Bowls until 72. And then George mm-hmm. Allen flipped it. Well, Vince Lombardi changed it. Mm-hmm. So 1968, 1969, Vince Lombardi, uh, retired from the Packers, came to D.C. 
And DC hadn't won. They hadn't had a winning record. And Lombardi turned it into like, oh, we, you, it's not in the rules. We don't have to suck. We we can do this here. Like we can do, we can do that. And then to get George Allen, who, like, if the NFL had a prototype for a coach, George Allen, Tom Landry, like they were just those dudes. They wore, yeah, like Tom, Doctor Tom Osborne would have fit perfectly in that in that space mm-hmm. uh they all wore the you know the belly button too high knit <laughs> pants with a white shirt dick for meal uh like it just didn't you know it, it wasn't it wasn't attractive it just was yeah like you didn't know what it was um, I mean, it was but, nfl head coach is what it was like, yeah like it, it was just a college coach like all yeah. coaches and so you learned sports through the people that you were around and wwe was WWF, Bruno was the goat. Like Bruno was the dude. But cable brought in Atlanta stations, New York stations, Chicago stations. And it brought in the wrestling that went on those stations. Mm. Of course, Ted Turner, you know, he had first time I saw Georgia Championship Wrestling. And WWF at the time, mainly they, they wrestled, there was very little interaction with the wrestlers like as far as like interviews there was like there was only on a commercial break and it was only to promote the next time they were going to be in dc um like that was it it was like okay the dc army rfk stadium whatever it was you'll be here next month and build up to it they would they that's what they would do georgia they let the wrestlers talk all the time so you knew the wrestlers like you knew and it was like what what is going on here like you they talk like these are people these aren't superheroes these are people Mm -hmm. and i was like oh so when i got to richmond i was a wrestling snob i was wwf over Mm -hmm. over and they had richmond had mid-atlantic championship wrestling which was a partner to georgia so they would go from georgia to virginia to richmond down to the carolinas and everything else and this is the introduction or the full introduction of rick flair like i did know none of that (laughs) like you knew what was in the wrestling magazines Mm -hmm. and you'd get the wrestling magazines once a month and so you would hear about these other people but you never saw them you never heard them talk Mm -hmm. And then I was like, uh, well, my dorm, my college dorm was in walking distance to Richmond Coliseum, which is where VCU played these basketball games. And wrestling would stop through once a month, maybe once every other month. Hmm. Right? I like where that's going for right? you. And I was like, okay, but I was still resistant. Really? Like, um, um, you know, like it's not Bruno. <laughs> like I don't know who your champion is, whatever. Uh, eh. And then, and then, you start to be around it. And I was like, oh, okay, I like that dude. He talks funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then they start having music, like to people wrestlers. They would play the music, and the wrestler would come out, and the music would tell you what wrestler was coming out. And you go, okay, I can identify this dude. He plays. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. Uh, oh, the Freebirds. They pl- oh, they're literally playing Leonard Skinner. Like I okay, I I get who they are. 
Like, I, I know who they are. The story goes as such that really was the game changer. And some of the listeners have heard the story, but I'll tell you that. So there's a card at the Richmond Coliseum, and the main event was Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. That's a big one. Right? right. Even back then, like, this was a thing. It was the main mm-hmm. event. Um, there were it was a great card. Like guys like Wahoo McDaniel names that even the the basic fan would know. Ernie Ladd, who played for the KC Chiefs, was on the card. Blackjack Lanza, uh, who who you know he's got generational talent of, of kids. Mister Wrestling Two, like they had all these people. And my roommate at the time was from this little town in Virginia called Chase City, and Chase City. You, they didn't even have a grocery store. They well, they had a grocery store, but they had markets. So they had a butcher shop, vegetable, fruit and vegetable market, and then a clothing market. Like you couldn't. So when he got to Richmond, my roommate goes, "Oh my goodness!" Because I took him to the store to get stuff because I was already there. And he goes, "Oh my gosh, all this in one store? We'd have to go to four stores to get all this stuff." And oh. I'm like, oh. "Oh, you're that dude." Yeah. And his dad, when they dropped him off, his dad, a white kid, right? So a white country kid who meeting this DC brother that he mm-hmm. like, so his world's about to change in a big way. Uh, <laughs> um, and can I, dad, can I just say I identify, <laughs> right? Like it's like, oh, um, you and him share a lot in common. Actually, uh, his name was Kip, Kip, Kip Grouse, and he had a he was just a southern as he could be. Um, good dude though, he's one of my favorite people, and his dad. Like they drove three trucks. Mom drove a truck. He drove a truck. His dad drove a truck. <laughs> and dad, I want to say I was the first black person his dad ever like been in a room with. Like I want to say that, and I think that wouldn't be that far off. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad goes, "Well, I wanted to give you, bring you something, you know." And he puts this like it's it's a milk jug. It's a gallon milk jug. Okay. Except for it's full and it's not milk. And I'm like, okay. What? You know, he goes, well, it's what we make on the farm. And I'm like, oh, I've heard about that. Like, oh, oh. You make liquor on your farm. You've got a still. That's awesome. And he gave me this big jug. And the jug, like, I, Austin, I flipped it. Like, I just flipped the top off. Mm -hmm. And the smell just took over. Like, I have never, (laughs) like, I had an afro at the time. And it was pretty straight and fluffy. But if it could go straighter, it it did. So like it just it like me putting my finger in an electrical outlet, like just straight afro, bro. And he goes, "Yeah, you know, go slow with it." But yeah, this is what we do. And every time I come in, I'll bring you one. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm so excited. I don't even know what to say." Like I didn't know what to say to him. Like I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, like oh my god." And I couldn't wait to call my stepdad and like tell him, "Hey, I got moonshine." Like, and the funny thing was, Austin, I didn't drink at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't drink at the time. Wait, you called you athlete, right? Well, I didn't drink at the time, so I'm like, "Oh," but I knew my stepdad would just okay, like 
boy, bring that home. Like, don't you dare drink that. Bring that home. Give it to the grownups. Uh, and as we don't stand, waste it on you, right? Like, don't like you. You can't appreciate it. This is a, a work of art. Do not blaspheme this work of art, young man. And Kip looked at me and he goes, "Yeah, the best thing about that is if you're not drinking it, it's what we use to start our track to the winter when it gets really cold." <laughs> And I am, I am just, I am like, oh, oh, like chef's kiss. Thank you, Jesus. You love me so much. You love me so much uh, to give me the story. So I'm like, it was crazy, right? It was crazy. And he was a, like, it's Saturday morning when they moved in. They nice. move in at 11. Mid-Atlantic Wrestling is on at 12 noon. And I, he, so we had, this was, we had a suite, but you know the typical college where the with the desk in the middle, uh, bed on one side, bed on the other side, um, and you know back then you had tiny TVs. You just like you had to be a millionaire to have like a real TV TV, tiny t those little tiny TVs that you put on your side of it, and I have the channel set and wrestling comes on and he's plugging in his and he goes. We just became best friends. And I'm like, yeah, but not really, bro. I'm really not into it like that, you know. But okay. He says, hey, uh, I've got tickets for Richmond, for the Coliseum. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so when you walked out of our dorm in Richmond, uh, there was a 7-Eleven convenience store right across the street that's where you know beer food whatever think casey's yeah okay um and we we go in to get slurpees now again 18 we take slurpees down to the wrestling match um but this caddy pulls up this gold cadillac pulls up and back then you know good guys and bad guys were never seen together like they weren't allowed to socialize together but I guess Flair and Dusty said, screw it. Like, we're going to ride together to this one. Let's do it. They pull them into the 7-Eleven. And, oh, this, like, for Kip, this is like him seeing Muhammad Ali. Like, this is this is it for him. <laughs> this is it for him. Like, he's a Ric Flair guy yeah. through and through. But I'm leaning towards Dusty because Dusty kind of talked like he was hip and cool. Like, he was down and down with the brother. Like he would tell you even when he was he would come to DC and he goes, These are my people. <laughs> yeah, he talked yeah, he talked a little bit. He goes, I come to DC, I get the best soul food. I'm not going out to just anywhere. I'm going to where my people are. <laughs> and Kip is just losing it. But then it hits. Wait. How are y'all together? Y'all about to fight. And I was like, uh wait a minute oh okay this is what it is okay so then they get out and they're like okay we're busted right <laughs> we figured nobody would be here but y'all are here busted uh here's a couple do you, you know if you want to go here are a couple of tickets i'm like we already took he goes no nah, no nah, these are better seats give me those those are better seats <laughs> and i look down and they're front row they're front row Ooh. seats right so i like this is okay so literally we ran 12 blocks to the Coliseum. Like, we sprinted <laughs> to the Coliseum. Uh, we get there, and we're in the front row. 
And this is, this is for two 18 year olds. This is the greatest moment you've ever lived in your life. Well, yeah, you just saw Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, and they just gave you front row tickets. This That's the, the best day of the life for an 81-year-old, This DP. is the greatest thing ever. And as we sit there, the beer vendor walks up. Now, we're 18, and Virginia was casual about it back then. Before it was 21, it was 18. Well, as some would say, black folks look older earlier, so it wasn't really an issue. But the guy goes, uh, here are four beers. And I'm like, we didn't order beer. He goes, no, the guys in the back sent you four beers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, of course, <laughs> what do you do? You put one down, you hold the other. Mm-hmm. And he goes, by the way, I'll be here after every match. So you have to finish those before the, the first match is over. Now, the first match, these are jobbers. Like, mm-hmm. these aren't these aren't stars. Right. This is This is the guy you would see, you know, at the gym, but you know, he was really a truck driver yeah. like that. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he's facing somebody like somebody they want to sell. Right. Mm-hmm. So when they put him on and actually this was Barry Windham, who at the, was at the, was young at the time. Barry Windham was maybe 22 at the time. Okay. But Barry Windham was black Jack Mulligan's who's, who's the legend black Jack mm-hmm. Mulligan. That's his son. And at the time, he was going okay. as Black Jack Mulligan Jr. Okay. He wasn't using it, but we knew, I knew enough to know, that, okay, this is what it is. And the guy he was fighting was the jobber he was supposed to beat to make him look good. Mm-hmm. And as he comes in, the jobber, like, the first time he they start to wrestle, he gets punched. He acts surprised. He rolls out of the ring straight towards us. And he just grabs my beer and throws it at, the, at, at Barry Windham's face. And I, like, what is happening? What, 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 what is just goes on? And I'm like, oh, okay. So grab the other, like, you grab the other beer, you know, got a beer left. All right. Three minutes later, out rolls Wyndham, grabs the other beer, throws it in the other dude's face. <laughs> and I, we look at each other, we're like, oh my God, we're a part of this. We're, <laughs> this is the best. This is the greatest. So immediately we chug the beer. Like we chug the other beer and it's best. Like, okay, cool. And everybody around you is like, they're patting you on the back. Like, okay, you guys are the coolest guys here. Like officially you're the coolest guys here. You've made it. You've like, arrived. Like he stole yeah. your beer. He stole your beer. Uh, <laughs> so wow. again, the match ends. Wyndham wins. Uh, four beers show up again. Right. And nothing. But the vendor comes and he goes, you better drink those. So we're college students. Chug, slam, chug, slam. Like, okay, this is, we're having, oh, you need us. Okay. 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 Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Third match. Same thing. Fourth match. And now you're getting into the names. As a matter of fact, Larry Zabisco, who was a super legend, Hall of Famer. Okay. Larry Zabisco was in this card, and Larry Zabisco was probably the the, the meanest, honoriest dude ever, like in real life. <laughs> and he came out, so he would just walk around the ring and just yell at people. Like he like he slide into the ring, throw a punch, slide back out, go talk to Hey, look at the fat guy over there. Like, like, like <laughs> you know, he'd go in the ring, throw a punch, come out. Hey, is that your boyfriend? 
What a loser. Like, <laughs> so then, but Zabisco grabs a beer. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. But he throws it at a fan. Now, imagine oh. that happening now. That wouldn't happen now. But in 1980, all on, man. Nobody. Like reverse malice of the palace kind of thing. Nope. Not a, like, not a peep. Nothing. Huh. Matter of fact, the crowd went crazy. It popped like crazy. Well, the only reason that Kip invited me to go with him was that he had a girlfriend who lived in Richmond, as a matter of fact. Oh. And it was a older it was a girl that he went to high school with who was two years older than him, but she was at VCU and was already there, right? So that was part of why he wanted to come come to school in Richmond. And but she canceled on him and said, I can't, I can't make it. I can't. I she got dropped something. the leash for the like, night. Like, like, I can't do it, right? So he's like, okay, let me ask my, my new roommate. Well, match number four, you know, Zabisco goes through, and I look across the ring in the first row directly across, and I'm like, hey, isn't that your girlfriend? And he looks across, and he goes, Oh yeah, oh, and no. it was his girlfriend and another girl, and I'm like, "What is?" I'm like, "Well, let's let's go over there. Like, let's, you know." But he's like, I'm thinking, "Oh, you know, his girlfriend and got oh, yeah, it's yeah. A double like, date. Yeah. Let's go." He's thinking, "Wait a minute, you you said you couldn't come, <laughs> like you could." So we go over, and the story begins. She begins to tell the story. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're in the front row. Who do you know? And she tells the story that as wrestlers come to town, again, they come to town once a month or six weeks or whatever it is, and they have young ladies in each town. Well, his girlfriend, Dolores, is Ric Flair's stop-by girl in Richmond. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh boy. Oh man. Just. Oh man. <laughs> Not like this. Oh man. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what are you supposed to do? I, I think my. Like, I, oh yeah. I'll, I'll be back. I'm gonna go sit down. I'm gonna go sit down. I'm gonna go sit down. So. We'll put a pin there. I didn't mean to go down this road, but this is, again, this is kind of what we do. Uh, more, Breeze. <laughs> You're on the ticket. You're listening to The Breeze with DP and Haas on 937 and com. Welcome back to The Breeze. Again, no Haas this week. Haas will be back next week. Sure enough. Uh, no Harrison this week. Harrison had a wedding. Uh, so Austin is sitting in, and I'm just burning the hair off of off of his knuckles with these. <laughs> this was not the planned show. I just want to say this. I wanted to talk about why wrestling became relevant to me and how, but you have to tell the full story in order to and say. I mean, I became friends with Flair, but it it took an exceptional circumstance for that to happen. He ended up being my roommate, uh, not my roommate, but my <laughs> next door neighbor in Charlotte. Uh, 
when I moved in, the moving van is loading up all the stuff, and I hear this, what are you doing here? And I look over, and there's Nature Boy. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he goes, I live here. And I go, so do I. And he goes, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So to tell you that my house became satellite, Rick Flair, Rick Flair's satellite house, where he would invite people uh, to to meet him there. And he could just say he was going over to Derek's. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then it took six months before she figured out what that meant. Uh I fell on a lot of grenades for Rick Flair. <laughs> As a matter of fact, through the course of my early career, I fell on grenades for a lot of athletes and coaches. I fell on, man, I fell on, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing here? I'm here with DP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's with me. Yeah, but she's not by herself. Yeah, they're, they're with me. They're with me. They're with me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask if you don't want to know. Like, you, look, it's my favorite thing to ask people. Do I have your permission to tell you the truth? Most people think they want the truth all the time. They really don't. Nah. They really don't want to know how the world works. They don't want to know. Uh, they don't want to know the in and out, the nitty gritty. They the, don't want to know the they're, actual happenings. Nah, they're, they're not about that. They don't want to know. Um, yeah. So as I was, <laughs> so we're there. My roommate now has to make a decision because his girlfriend is Ric Flair's date to the wrestling match. And they have plans afterwards. And Flair invites us. It was the Holiday Inn on Broad Street in Richmond, which is where the wrestlers would go that night, and they would go party, and then they'd go, like, the next night they were in Charlotte, and then they'd go to Raleigh, and then they'd go to Winston-Salem. And in the bar, in the hotel bar, uh, you know, it's it's fans. I mean, there are less nice words to use, but they're fans. And Kip has to make a business decision. Please tell me Kip made the business decision, not the other decision. He has to make a business decision because his girlfriend is standing in front of him in a bar on a night they were supposed to have a date. She broke the date to be on the date with him. He had to make a decision on while Ric Flair has an arm around his girlfriend, whether this is still his girlfriend. Did he break up with him, with her? Did she break up with him? Uh, are they still together? But a part of him at 150 pounds, soaking wet, trying to decide if he's going to fight 275 pound Ric Flair. It's that athletic arrogance, DP. Right? Like, it it's is. just like, well, and, and it's just straight country boy is what it is. <laughs> right? It's straight country boy. And he said, you know, he's making this. And I'm just looking at him like, what, 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 what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, what kind of night are we going to have? And Flair says, I tell you what, I got a plan for you. Uh, you can let this pass, and I'll make your night. As a matter of fact, uh, going forward, anytime we come to Richmond, you'll have front row seats. Now, immediately, I'm stepping in. Like, whatever this thing is you're suggesting, I'm in. Just like, stop there. I'm in. Yep. Like, uh, look, sorry, Kip, I just met you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just met you. Uh, this dude talking about a, a four-year plan. Like, this, 
<laughs> this is this. I'm all in. You know, but, but the loyalty, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stand with you. Again, I'm gonna shout you out loyalty to a dude you just met, oh. your new roommate. Because oh, I know a lot of people that would have stopped that conversation with front row tickets and not heard the second part. So claps to you for that, dude. Yeah, I I'm loyal. I'm still loyal to this day. Like that's that's a thing that I need to you know I have to deal with on a regular basis. Um, but then fast forward, so through the three the next three years. We're on the regular tour, and Dolores and Kip were together for another year after that, until finally, like he he got deep enough that he went, okay, I I, I can't be that, like no, I can't yeah. do that. Um, and then when I moved from Richmond back to D.C., a big part of it was, you know, when wrestlers would come to town. And again, this is WWE, and mm-hmm. you'd meet some, and they'd cross over and do their thing. And then when I moved to Charlotte in 95, uh, we moved to Matthews, North Carolina, uh, which is just a little bit away from the, from the raceway. And the moving van pulls up, and I hear this voice, you know, what are you doing here? And I look over, and it's Ric Flair. It's like, I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, I live here. And he points to his house. And I'm going, well, I live here. And pointed to the house. And he goes, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know. Like, I'm like this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so my house with its six bedrooms, pool, jacuzzi, became the satellite house for Ric Flair and every pro wrestler. And every Carolina Panther and every Charlotte Hornet. Uh, that at the corner of my block is Muggsy Bogues' house. Across corner, across the corner from him is Del Curry and uh, his family. Uh, uh, man, Glenn Robinson, Anthony Mason, mm. and if you know anything about Anthony Mason, you know he he lived a real interesting life. And so my house became the kind of the the party house all the time. And Flair would have visitors and he'd tell his wife, hey, I'm going over to Derek's. And that was cool for about six months. And then one day she just finally decided to just walk over and peek over the fence into the pool area. And all bets were off. <laughs> all bets were off. You know, and are you surprised it took six months? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I wanted to know. Like you are the great like Nate, you are the greatest magician I've ever seen. <laughs> like to be able to pull that off. But you also got the stories because you would see the heels and the faces together. Mm-hmm. So you would hear you would Arn Anderson, who now lives in that neighborhood, um, they would come to town and you would like they would stay at Fl- Flares or they'd end up at Flares. Um Ted DiBiase from Omaha, uh, he would stop through, like you would meet them as people. And a lot of times they're at your house or you're in the arena and like you're, you're going to hang out and party. But then you understood the business side of it. Like you got to hear the business side of it. Uh, you got to, to kind of understand what the me- mechanics of it was. Mm-hmm. Right. That. Yeah. Oh, this is like it's 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 its own soap opera. It's its own champion for positioning mm-hmm. whose personality changing the personality profiles who would work for x number of money 
X amounts of money, who would work injured. Like you walk up and you're like, bro, you have like 12 stitches in your head. Like, why aren't you in a hospital? And they're like, no, I got to work tomorrow. Yeah, okay. They didn't have insurance. Didn't have right. like they, you work it out. Like, and they, they pooled money, pooled gas. They rode together because, and back then you drove the roads together. You didn't fly. I assume not like a Madden mobile or anything. No, you, you, they got in their car. They used their cars. Um, A lot of them live. I mean, they would travel. Like if you're at the bottom of the car, you, you drove and then you stayed in a holiday inn with three other wrestlers in the same room until you made enough money until you moved up enough where you you know you made enough money i mean flair even back then was making a million dollars a year even even in the ni- early 90s he was making mm-hmm. that kind of money um not everybody was but you got to like you knew the stories you knew who the upcomers were you knew who the who the people who the real fighters were okay which was amazing cuz they were anywhere they were the women were and the women had lives that existed before they came to town and then the kips of the world right who are not always 150 pounds and not always as peaceful and docile as as kip was they won't fight they won't fight like bro you're not that you're wrestling's fake i'll beat you up and they're like uh what i do in there is one thing what i do out here is real and the number of bar fights that I I witnessed and slash participated in just out of proximity. Yeah. Yeah. Just out of proximity. And back that, I mean, I was lifting all the time. I was, you know, I was around football players and wrestlers. They, yeah. You yeah. had to fit in. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you know, you can't be around, you know. No. I mean, I was walking around at two, 240. Stacked, yeah, stacked two forty, um, and yeah, so you do it, but you learn the stories, like you learn who's who. You learn, okay, head on a swivel. Uh, this one's like you knew which towns you could go to. You knew if you went to Virginia Beach, there weren't going to be any fights. If you went to Norfolk, there were going to be fights because there were mil- there was a military bases there, and them young Marines wanted to try to they wanted to measure themselves, and I can tell you. It, that existed at every military base area that 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 I ever like. I, there were times I would go on the road with the guys, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure which is more volatile: being on tour with pro wrestlers or being on tour with rock and roll musicians. Aren't they? I, I feel like again, being on the outside of this, the vibe seemed very similar. They are just dead set the same. So, so Hootie, Darius Rucker, and Ric Flair are like best buds. That doesn't surprise me to learn. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and a lot of their stories are the same. Also not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you get to see it, and you get to see it in that space. But I was also in D.C. with, with nightclubs and bars that mm. the Redskins, Wizards, Capitals frequented on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, you know, the stories I could write a book on just so I'm running bars in DC with Dexter Manley and John Riggins in my bar on a twice weekly basis. The stories write themselves. <laughs> uh being in Salt Lake with Carl Malone, like 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, being in Utah with, with, with Urban Meyer. Right. Like you would think simple, right? No, 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 no. We are not surprised by anything that happened with Urban Meyer. Nothing, nothing ever, 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 ever. Also being in BYU, being in Provo, Utah, which is different than being in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> uh, Utah's a place I haven't been, but I think I need to go. You're really selling me on Utah. Salt Lake City, go to, so it's, it's, it's kind of the same way. So imagine that in culture, Salt Lake City is Lincoln. Omaha is Ogden, Utah. Okay. And Ogden's Utah State, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. No, Ogden's Weber State. Weber. Okay. Logan. Logan is, Logan is okay. Grand Island. Okay. Uh, Provo is Kearney. Okay. Same vibe, pace. Sure. Uh, except for Logan is like farm, 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 super farm. <laughs> farm. farm farm yeah uh <laughs> so as you travel like you, you you learn those things in your different places carolina has kind of the same thing that raleigh so raleigh durham that triangle area so chapel hill never set foot there yeah the, the triangle is pretty amazing but all of the triangle looks like haymarket really all of it hmm. all of it like you could put a bubble over Lincoln, put it in the triangle of North Carolina, and you would not know the difference. Same for Salt Lake City. Uh Fairfax, Virginia, where George Mason is. Yeah. Looks Haymarket. Yep. Hmm. Like there's a reason why those towns, those college towns exist and why the business is being done. Like why the people fit in. So it's always like for me, if I can tell people. While I'm new to Lincoln, I'm not new to it because I've been around those college towns and those thinking that it's unique and different. It is mm -hmm. different because it's surrounded by farm, but the same happened in, in Salt Lake City. If you left Salt Lake City proper, you're in the desert or you're in a ski resort. Like it's the same oh. distance apart. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go an hour north and you're in farmland and it's just farms. It's agriculture. Logan is agriculture. Hmm. So while I, I'm I'm a recent resident of Lincoln, Nebraska, and Nebraska, I'm not new to the businesses being that's being done. Uh, yeah, it, it's all there. Uh, we'll throw the break. We'll close out the breeze. Yeah, thanks for just going on this random, random show. This was just us having a conversation. We'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to the Breeze with Ian Haas. Oh, great stuff. Um, man. I, uh, <laughs> that's funny. You guys on the text line, thank you. Uh, yeah, there, there was the only Gunter talk on this show is in a negative way. So, Gunter, there will be no Gunter talk today. Um, I'll say that for when Haas is here. Um, yes, you're listening to the origin of Ric Flair. Yeah, me and Ric Flair go way back. Um, Iron Sheik. Okay. Uh, to say, I, I, and I kind of got into this a little bit this week, but I wanted to 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 get back into it. So, 
Kashiro Vasiri is 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 the Iron Sheik, and Kashiro in playing one of the great heels. One never wanted to be a heel. He wanted to be an American hero. He wanted to be a hero. Period. Was an actual Olympian, mm-hmm. actual Olympic wrestler, uh, and through his relationships and uh, connections with uh, the Shah of Iran, uh, being security, right? Because you're military. If you're an Olympian, you're military. And he was him and his him and his mentor. They were. And they were amongst the power people in Iran. Well, that puts you at risk. And his mentor uh, was actually, you know, taken from him, uh, which led him to to kind of rethink his life. Like I need to. So he he bails to to America, and he was so renowned and so respected in wrestling in olympic wrestling that the american team brought him on as a coach did not realize that yeah he he actually coached for usa olympics Hmm. and at a high volume i mean he was churning out champions um but if if it's not your calling because he wasn't american so it was behind the scenes. It was a lot of that stuff. But he found out in meeting uh, some pro wrestlers that he could make money by being a pro wrestler. And he was actually a, a face. He was a, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Um, Greco-Roman wrestler, best in the world. Uh, Vern Gagne from that the, the Midwest wrestling fans know as kind of the, the leader in, in the business here uh, set set him up and Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel and and the like and then it was per- perfect timing because they realized that wrestling mirrored American politics and culture and as Vince McMahon was trying to create the great American hero. Uh, he thought it was Bob Backlund. It wasn't Bob Backlund from Minnesota, all American kid, mm-hmm. another profound wrestler, collegiate wrestler, but it didn't land the way the McMahons thought it would. So they landed on, on Hulk Hogan and said, he'll be our American hero that we need, that we need to build the company on and build a business on, but they needed. They needed every superhero needs a villain. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Iran and Iraq, that's the thing. And here's this super talented performer. So they cast him as the Iron Sheik, had him take the belt away from Bob Backlund, kept it for a short time, and then put him against Hulk Hogan, who was going to save America by beating the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And then it became, but the Iron Sheik was so good at being a heel that they took another villain, Sergeant Slaughter, the Marine. Oh, yeah. The Marine. Mm -hmm. And who wasn't actually, well, he was a Marine, but he wasn't a sergeant. Um, 
and made him the American hero as Hogan took on the rest of the world that would battle Iron Sheik. And Sergeant Slaughter declared war. So then it became a constant battle of good Americans versus the bad, bad Iron Sheik. And it lasted for six years. Um, That's a long story. Seven. Well, they, I mean, to, to have so many of them, like because they, get, they used him to, to build up new stars and kind of retire old stars. Mm-hmm. But that was the st- that's the storytelling behind pro wrestling that you get into, and it it always mirrors. Sometimes it's ahead of the curve culturally and kind of drags us into thinking of each other in a different way. And sometimes it plays purely on the stereotypes, and you know sometimes you can dra- you can get better from it or worse from it. Um, but Kajro got to, I got to spend a, a weekend with him in D.C. Uh, they were this was when The Rock was the world champion. And they would be fed. My steakhouse would feed them, would feed the wrestlers. And then my sports bar, which was above the steakhouse, would host the wrestling fans. And we had we had uh, Ivan Koloff and the Iron Sheik and uh, Nikolai Volkov. And they were in my bar just taking pictures, signing autographs. But I was their host for the weekend. And, you know. I thought it was cool to call him Sheiky Baby because that's what he called himself, Sheiky Baby, like to make himself cool and friendly. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the funniest people I've ever met. Like when you could get through his 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 conversations, great storyteller. But then in that at uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they were there for Monday Night Raw, and then Tuesday we were just having dinner, and he reaches. I called him Sheiky Baby. He reached across the bar and gave me his hand. He says. Call me Kajro. And I was like, oh man, this grown man gonna cry. Because the wrestler told him he can call him by his real name, which is is, is a big deal. Um it's tough to lose people like that because he's the legacy for why you love a thing, right? Wrestling at its apex never got better than Iron Sheik versus Hulk Hogan. It just didn't. It just didn't. It like USA chance. The first time I remember, like I remember, like the '72 Olympics, mm-hmm. the you know the Olympic gold, the gold medal team in '80, and Sheik versus Hogan are the three times that I remember the USA chance being so violent and so passionate and so deep that you just went, oh man. And then he came up with the song, you know, I'm a real American and everybody sang it until they got hijacked into something else. <laughs> um, but Cosro, the the world is not better without him. Um, it's not. It's just not. So, but that's why. That's why pro wrestling, the people behind the characters, the characters are great and they're fun to talk about. But the people, there are some great people. Uh, Rick Steamboat is one of one of the great people. Um, Bruno San Martino is one of the great people. Bob Backlund and Cosro, really good dude. So, anyway, Austin, thanks for hanging out with me. It's been fun, DP. Thanks uh, for the education. We've got a full day of tickets, so don't go anywhere. Again, Royals are on the on the on the brick and mortar. Uh, we'll stream some shows for you the rest of the afternoon until uh, Husker, uh, Melby, and Tom Stevens show up and then Ricky Simmons tonight. Uh, Good stuff all the way around. Appreciate y'all. Love you. Love yourself, please.
Tailored Landscapes is actively preparing for spring. Things like getting new tree orders, getting equipment ready, and training staff to serve you the best we can. If you haven't already planned, now is the perfect time to get a plan for your yard. We're on the brink of spring cleanups for all of our existing customers and have limited spots left. We trim trees and shrubs when needed and only mulch proper amounts. Give us a call today at 402-432-2572 to set up a meeting with one of our designers and get ready for Tailored Life's grand opening in Bennett. You know that feeling after a good hearty meal? The worries of the world just slip away. Time slows down. Nothing but good times and good company. That's what you get with Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Mary Ellen's does food right with a menu that includes smoked wings, pulled pork, brisket, catfish, and don't sleep on their sides. Shrimp and grits, collard greens, baked beans. It's food that makes your heart happy. Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul, just east of 27th and Pineland. Let them fix you a plate. Hey there. Hi, honey. Uh-oh. Remember we told Jamie and Mike about Liberty First Credit Union, how great their checking account and car loans are, the amazing service we get, and how we love being members? Yeah. Well, they took our advice. Jamie said how easy it was to move all their accounts and become members. Now they say they're banking with purpose at Liberty First Credit Union. Learn more about being a member at libertyfirstcu.com. Liberty First Credit Union. Banking with purpose. Member NCUA. There's a lot of realtors in Lincoln, but don't get overwhelmed by all the names. Ben Blake, professional realtor group at Way Ambassador Real Estate is your go-to option when buying or selling residential and commercial property. Ben's team offers unbeatable customer service and promises to make the buying and selling process as stress-free as possible. Call Ben today at 402-419-6309 for all your real estate needs. Ben Biker with Professional Realty Group at Berkshire Hathaway Ambassador Real Estate. No pressure, just professionalism. Problem gambling affects more than the gambler. It affects spouses, children, extended family members, and friends. If you are a loved one who's struggling with addiction, contact Choices Treatment Center's helpline at 402-476-2300. That's 476-2300. Hi, it's Joel Norman, the voice of your Lincoln Stars hockey team. Tune in to 93.7 The Ticket every Tuesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. to hear the latest on the Stars with myself, head coach Rocky Russo, and special player guests. At first, I was really nervous and intimidated by her. I wasn't sure what I was getting into. My experience at Sarder Heyman was very easy. I felt like I walked out of Sarder Heyman with the ring that was going to make her go wow and say yes. I love my ring. It is so beautiful. I absolutely love my ring. I get compliments on it all the time. I always tell them Sarder Heyman. Yeah, we would definitely recommend Sarder Heyman. Yeah, it was great. We're definitely, definitely coming really back. back. <laughs> sure. Sarder Heyman Jewelers, Lincoln and Grand Island, SarderHeyman.com. Hi, it's Charlie Stone again, and with me on the line, Andy Goodyear, General Manager of Honda of Lincoln. Andy, I know how proud you and everyone at the dealership are to earn the prestigious Honda President's Award year after year, 17 times. Tell our listeners what it means to you and your customers. Thanks, Charlie. Yes, all of us are extremely proud to have earned this award, and I want all of our customers to know it's not just earned by one person's effort. It's the entire dealership sales and our amazing service department 17 times wow how does that compare to other hotlers this award is only given to the most elite dealerships that demonstrate 